Today, we are looking at chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, and if you have been paying attention and following along, as Jeff Bentz does, uh, he gets grumpy if I get out of order or I skip something. So I apologize, Jeff, but we're skipping. Uh, We're skipping uh, verses 5 through 18, and why? Well, because I just preached on that section of scripture in October, so just a few months ago. Uh, in fact, it was October 8. It was in our series, Master Life Together. I preached on prayer. And I used this passage, the Lord's Prayer, uh, from Matthew 6 as the text. And I thought, eh, that's so recent, I'll just refer you. You can go online, Jeff, and re-listen to that sermon at clearwater.church. So today, we are picking up the text <clears throat> in uh, verse 19. And... Um, Here Jesus is telling us where we should lay up our treasures. And and there is is one instruction, one big piece of advice, and then uh, reasons why we should heed that advice, why it's actually good for us. So I read, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy... So I'm using a little bit different translation than the one that was on the screen. That's NIV. Pastor James picks that. He likes NIV. I like ESV. We constantly tussle about it. Actually, it doesn't matter. But mine says where moth and rust destroy, and the NIV says moth and vermin. So actually, the word there translated rust or vermin actually is literally just the eating things, stuff that eats. Where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up For yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That, if you're going to underline something, that's probably the one to underline. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So there's there's one big piece of advice, or or one instruction, or one command, and then uh, four four reasons why we should uh, heed this piece of advice. And uh, the command is given to us both in a negative and a positive. The negative is do not lay up treasures for yourselves on earth. And the positive is but lay up for yourselves, or the alternative, uh, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. All right, so what is it that Jesus is prohibiting or discouraging? And what is it that he is uh, encouraging and recommending? Well, first, what's what's he saying don't do? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. All right? What, is, what does he have in mind? What's, well, first off, what is an earthly treasure? An, an earthly treasure is the stuff of this world that we can't take with us when we die. It's, it's temporal. It's earthbound. Uh, and probably shorthand, it's money and possessions. Money and possessions. Do not lay up for yourselves money and possessions. Uh, By the way, I want you to note that Jesus is not opposed to laying up for 
yourselves treasures. Actually, he recommends that. He just says, but don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. He's telling us, uh, don't, don't put your treasure here. Uh, store up your treasures there. So it's about placement because he knows that treasures in heaven are a far better uh, investment, uh, a much sounder investment. Lay up. Let's think about that. What does that involve? Laying up treasures on earth. Well, it's everything that goes into accumulating and preserving the stuff of this world, right? Uh, if you say, I'm going to make money, is that, does that just come to you? No. Yeah, you have to give it time and attention and energy and effort, right? I mean, you have to give yourself to that in order to then get some, some monies. Or if you put your eye on some particular uh, possession. You want that motorcycle. You want that fly rod. You want that new rifle. You want the side-by-side. You want that house. Uh, you want the, whatever it is. It doesn't, nobody just hands that to you, right? You have to go after it. And so, so, so Jesus is saying, don't spend your time and energy laying up tr- for yourselves treasures on earth. Rather, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Spend your time and energy laying up treasures in heaven. See, Jesus knows that, uh, that there is a, an opportunity cost here. If we are pursuing A, we cannot therefore be pursuing B. You can't both lay up treasures on earth and lay up treasures in heaven. You have to choose because we have limited time and energy. Right? And when you're laying up treasures on earth, you are by necessity not laying up treasures in heaven. Um, here's what John Stott, the English theologian, he's dead now, but he was, um, uh, he just, he was a great thinker. He says, what Jesus forbids his followers is the selfish accumulation of goods, extravagant and luxurious living, the hard-heartedness which does not feel the colossal need of the world's underprivileged, the foolish fantasy that a person's life consists in the abundance of his possessions, and the materialism which tethers our hearts to the earth. All right, so don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. All right, well, what in the world are treasures in heaven? And how, do, how, how can we lay them up? How, how can we gain them? Well, uh, treasures in heaven are the things that last for eternity. They are the things that are a part of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus is talking about. And how do we lay them up? How do we gain them? Well, they come to us as a reward from the Lord Jesus because we have been faithful in this life to be about the things that he cares about being about the business of his kingdom. And so uh, there's lots of teaching in the Bible about uh, uh, if we are faithful now and uh, steward well what God gives us in this life, then in the next life, Jesus will reward us. And we can unpack those rewards and enjoy them for all eternity. So again, John Stott, 
To lay up treasure in heaven is to do anything on earth whose effects last for eternity. Such things as these. Number one, the development of Christ-like character. Since the only thing we can take into eternity is ourselves. Number two, the increase of faith, hope, and charity. uh, All of which the Apostle Paul says abide, right? Faith, hope, and love, these three abide. Um, uh, Number three, growth in the knowledge of Christ, who one day we shall see faiths to faiths. Number four, the active endeavor by prayer and witness to introduce others to Christ so that they too may inherit eternal life. And then finally, the use of our money for Christian causes, which is the only investment whose dividends are everlasting. And to that, I would uh, list um, uh, taking care of the poor. And, and so if you, if, all of that stuff takes time and energy. That's the thing. Uh, it doesn't just happen. If you want to grow in Christ's likeness, if you want to influence other people and be about the business of witnessing, if you want to, uh, that takes time and energy. If you're going to fund Christian causes and care for the poor, that takes your resources, which you've had to spend time and energy to gain. And now you're giving it away, you see. So there's a choice to, that, that we have to make. And that's one of the things that Jesus is, is really pointing out here. Uh, and he'll go on to reinforce it, but we can't have both and, which is, of course, what we want, right? We desperately want to be able to have lay up treasures on earth and lay up treasures in heaven. And Jesus is forcing us to make a choice. All right, now let's look at the rationale, because I think we understand uh, the command, the advice, now why? Jesus in this text gives us four reasons why we should lay up uh, for ourselves treasures in heaven. Um, Number one, and most importantly, our heart follows our treasure. That's verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, This is just a fact. A fact of the matter is, Uh, If you start investing in a company, um, you will start following that company. It has your attention, right? So a year and a half ago, I invested in Uber. I'm very interested in Uber. Why? Because my treasure is there. About uh, a couple years ago, I bought a fourplex, and I spent a lot of time remodeling that fourplex. I'm interested in that fourplex and how it's doing. Um, And so where our treasure is, there our heart will be. Now, so that's just a principle of life. Now, Jesus told us that the greatest command is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? That's the number one command. And I think as a Christian, all of us hopefully would say, my desire is to have my heart on God, centered on God. Uh, I, right? I want to grow in my love for God. Hopefully that's our aspirational goal. Well, Jesus is saying, okay, uh, then let me give you a piece of advice here. Lay up your treasures in heaven, because if you lay up your treasures in heaven, then your heart will be <laughs> lifted towards the things of God and the kingdom of God, right? Set your affections on things above. Well, how do you set your affection? Well, store up your treasures in heaven. 
live in such a way that you know that when, when you stand face to face before Christ, you're going to hear a lot of well done, good and faithful servant come and enter into your rest. Um, and I would say on the other side, Jesus is saying, if you lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, you're erecting an obstacle to loving God with all your heart because your treasure on earth, your heart, your, your heart will follow your treasure and be brought down to this earth. Yikes. So where is my treasure? Where is my heart? I'm challenged by that question. I'm sure you are too. Uh, the second reason Jesus gives for why we should store up our treasures in heaven is because uh, only earthly, only heavenly treasures are secure. Uh, that's verses 19 and 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So now Jesus is telling us something about earthly treasures. Um, they can't, they, they will be, uh, they're at risk of being um, lessened in their value. Think, think inflation, <laughs> right? Uh, in his day and age, you know, you, you have a beautiful garment and you, you try to store it and next thing you know, the moths get to it. Ah, and they put holes in it. Or you have some, uh, some metals and rust gets at it or grain and the vermin come and eat it. Um, and even, or you just have thieves come in and grab it. And then, of course, since it's an earthly treasure, death is going to take it away. And, and so, earthly treasures are inherently insecure, and they're temporary. You certainly can't take them with you when you die. Heavenly treasures, on the other hand, Jesus says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. T- your, your treasures in heaven are 100% secure, and you get to enjoy them for all eternity. Now, if we actually believe this, to me, this makes uh, Jesus' advice kind of foolproof. Like, of course. Of course I should be spending my time and energy laying up for myself treasures in heaven. Because eternity is a heck of a lot longer, and that's secure. Why do, why do we resist this? Well, here's the third reason Jesus gives for why we should store up treasures in heaven. Here it is. A materialistic focus, materialistic life focus, darkens every part of our lives. That's what Jesus is getting at in verses 22 and 23 when he gives this metaphor. The eye is the lamp of the body. The the eye is like a lamp uh, giving light to the body. So the body is kind of, you kind of imagine the body is a room and the eye is lighting it up. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Okay? If you have good eyes, metaphorically, your whole body is full of light. You see things the way they really are. And then you can, you know, you can walk around and make decisions that are good decisions. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Right? Blind people, they, they, you know, metaphorically, they're living in darkness. 
If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Now, Jesus is using uh, eyes as a metaphor for something spiritual. What is it? Well, um, let me just simplify it and say uh, a bad eye uh, in this metaphor, a bad eye is a greedy eye. It's, it's a life focus that is greedy and materialistic. You want what this world offers and you want all of it that you can get. A good eye is um, an eye that is focused on God and, and the things of God, the values of God. It's a generous uh, eye. So Jesus is saying, what are you focused on? What's your life's ambition? Uh, what has captivated you? What are you pursuing? And if you are pursuing uh, the stuff of this world, if you have a materialistic uh, life focus, it's going to negatively affect every other part of your life. Because it will, think about it, if what you want is to lay up, what you want is more treasures on earth, more of what this world offers, it will, by nature, um, affect, I might even use the word warp, warp your values, warp your priorities, warp the choices that you make for how you should spend your time and energy. You know, who, who is worth talking to? caring about, praying for, spending time with. So Jesus is saying a materialistic life focus will, will, uh, will absolutely darken the, your entire life on a spiritual level. How, and if the light in you is dark, how great is that darkness? And you, so listen, when I read this, here's what I... What, what came to me, what came to me is, wow, why is it that I resist Jesus' um, insistence that I can't both lay up treasures on earth and in heaven? I resist it at some deep level. I want both and. And I don't want to believe Jesus when he says you cannot serve God and money. And so, is that a result of the fact that there's already a darkness, a warping spiritual darkness within me because I've been laying up treasures on earth? Matthew Rutan says this about this command, he says, or this reason. He says, if we prioritize the wrong things, our lives will go off the rails. If we prioritize the right things, our lives will stay in the transformative footsteps of our risen Redeemer. Final reason Jesus says we should lay up our treasure in heaven is because we cannot serve both God and money. We have to make a choice. Verse 24, no one, no one, not you, not I, no one can serve two masters. For either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Some translations, mammon. Uh, be, well, I won't get into that. Money is a, a fine shorthand. You can't serve God and money. Uh, and why? Because in order to... If God is calling the shots in my life, in order to please God and obey Him and live His way, 
uh, I have to say no to the demands of materialism. Because materialism says, hey, I want you to, uh, I want you to order your life and your affections uh, based on my priorities and my desires and my needs. And they're, they are at odds with God. And that's the issue. We're, it's a, it, they make competing demands. And we can't serve both. We have to choose one or the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If you have your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 12. So now we're in another gospel, and uh, Luke, not Matthew, is uh, talking about some of the truths of the Sermon on the Mount. And this is is Luke talking about our text for today. And uh, Luke tells us that Jesus uh, told a parable about a guy who had a a banner crop. In fact, uh, his crop was so great that that his storehouses uh, couldn't handle it all. So he has surplus beyond what he ever imagined, right? Because you build a storehouse thinking, uh, okay, I need room for a really good crop. Now he's got more than a storehouse. So he's got surplus. And, you know, what could he have done with his surplus? There's a lot he could have done with his surplus. Could have sold it and, uh, and given it to the Lord for the, for the, the uh, glory of God on earth. He could have given it away to the poor, uh, he could have used it to fund uh, his, his own missionary endeavors. I, there's lots he could have done. So what does he do? Here we, here we read this, Luke chapter 12, verse 16. And he told them a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. So imagine this guy. I've got surplus. I've got, I've got more than I know what to do with. What should I do with it? So, so now he's going to uh, make a choice about what's a good use of that surplus. And he said, who, he said to himself, I'm going to do this. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Now, I read this and I personally say, it would be very easy for me to reason that exact same way. And, and to say, that sounds like a good use of surplus. Fund many years of relaxation, eating and drinking and merriment... But remember, there's an opportunity cost. Because by doing that, he's not doing something else. Verse 20, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. 
So God viewed his reasoning and his use of surplus as foolishness. And so what was the alternative? He could have been rich toward God with that surplus, and he didn't. And as a result, he laid up for himself treasures on earth that he didn't even get to enjoy because he dies. He could have leveraged that surplus for treasures in heaven. And then for all eternity, heaven enjoyed his reward. We skip down a few verses. Verse 33, Jesus then tells us uh, the application. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a, tre- with a treasure in, in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So I think that the most direct application, um, the most direct application throw that up there with you, I'm losing it here, Uh, of this text is this. Do not hoard. Do we have that? Because I should have it here, and I don't. Do not hoard, but give away your surplus in the cause of Christ and to care for the poor and needy. And in doing so, we will store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Don't I have it up there? Maybe that's why it's not in my notes. <laughs> well, it was the whole big point. It's in your bulletins. You have it in your bulletins, right? You have it in your bulletins. You found it? Oh. Yeah, I, I think the most direct application of what Jesus is saying is this. When you have surplus... When you have a surplus, there it is. All right, there you go. Rather than hoard, give away surplus in service to God and others. In doing so, we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. So what's surplus? Instantly, what is surplus, right? Well, in this illustration, this guy obviously has more than he needs for that year. Uh, and this question of what is surplus, you have to wrestle with it. I have to wrestle with it. Um, but remember the opportunity cost. So listen, I, I have been wrestling with this personally. So um, as a pastor, I don't, you know, I don't have a pension. I have to take care of my own retirement. And so two years ago, well, not even two years ago, a year and a half ago, I bought a fourplex because I'm thinking about, hey, I'm getting older. And I spent a lot of time and energy remodeling that fourplex last year. Uh, and I'm, you know, I, I invest in, in my retirement account because I'm thinking there's going to very possibly be a time when I can't really work and I might still have, Sabrina and I might still have years to live and I need to take care of myself. And, and I, there's wisdom to that. And you look at the Proverbs, I think Proverbs talks about that. Um, but I'm also at a point in, in life where, okay, when things, you know, savings from the past, and now my girls are getting out from under my care, and yay, I, you know, I, I might find myself with, I, I am, I'm finding myself with more sur- surplus now than I've ever had before. What do I do with that? And so, I don't, this is not a hard and fast rule. You have to wrestle with what is surplus. 
And what am I going to do with that surplus? Why are we tempted to lay up treasures on earth? Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, number one, it's because we live on earth. And it takes faith to believe that there will be treasures in heaven. Right? I live on earth. I see the pleasures available to me. I see the insecurities of the future, or at least the fact that this, you know, stuff might happen to me. And, uh, and so, boy, it's a lot... Just because of that, it's a lot easier to prioritize the here and now. And it takes faith to believe that God exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. I think that's one reason we're tempted to lay up our treasures on earth. Uh, secondly, you know, money offers the sense, a sense of security against the futures. The future what, right? I don't know what's going to happen, and I need to have money and possessions to protect me against you know, potential future mishaps. Um, yet, what is the, who does the Bible say we should trust? Right? Jesus is very, very clear about that. God takes care of the flowers. He'll take care of you, his children. He, you care, he cares more about you. Uh, I, think we, uh, I think we like the fact that money buys us a lot of control over our lives and, and freedom, Right? Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to spend years eating and drinking, being married, doing whatever I want to do, um, and yet that can fly in the face of God's um, will for our lives and His direction. Trusting Him to guide us in the moment. Um, I think I think many of us are tempted by the social status money and possessions provide. Right? We know that our neighbors look at us and say. You must be doing something right because look at the house you live in, the car you drive, etc. Um, I, I think, uh, well, it's also pleasures, right? This world has a lot of pleasures available that can only be, you know, that are purchasable, such as Costa Rica during January. I mean, hey, I'm, Jesus is talking to me as much as he's talking to you in this stuff. By the way, that's okay. Jesus says that's okay. I think. <laughs> I think. All right. Here are some questions. I've got them up here. Because this is, it's a hard attitude. I can't. I don't know what to tell you about whether it's surplus for you and whether it's, this is you laying up treasures on earth or laying up treasures in heaven. You've got to wrestle with it. Just like I have to wrestle. But here are some questions that I think are provocative for me and, and I think they would be for you. So wrestle with this. Number one. What gets most of my time and energy? Laying up treasures on earth or laying up treasures in heaven? By the way, as a pastor, does it count if I get paid for it? I get paid to be churchy. Darn it. Confuses the whole equation, I tell you, it does. Number two. Does how I relate to money and possessions suggest a preoccupation with heaven or a preoccupation with earth? Number three. Does how I relate to money and possessions suggest an unshakable trust in God? Or does it suggest an over-reliance on money and possessions for security against future troubles? Number four, does how I relate 
to money and possessions indicate a heart submitted to the will of God? Or does it indicate an overzealous desire for control? Number five, does how I relate to money and possessions reveal an unshakable belief in the greater value of eternal rewards? Or does it suggest that I'm hedging my bets? Finally, does how I relate to money and possessions suggest that I believe true significance lies in how God esteems me? Or does it suggest that I believe money and possessions make a person significant? Let's pray. Band, come back up for communion. Jesus, we thank you for your words. We always remember they are a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. If you, wouldn't, if you didn't teach us how to live, we wouldn't know how to find life to the full. Where is true life to be found? Where is abundance? Where is eternal life to be found? And Lord, we, we all wrestle with how to, how to handle money and possessions. Uh, and so Lord, we hear and we receive and, um, and so for you, listener, if, you know, one of these questions really grabs you, uh, surrender that to the Lord. Wrestle with that. Give over to the Lord. Ask, ask for his help. Uh, we can all be better about laying up our treasures in heaven, not earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.